You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Whenever we have a big construction project that involves tax dollars here in the city of Detroit, developers tend to agree to hire more than 50% of their workers from among city residents. But it's also been true that most of these projects run into big problems meeting that threshold. Last week, we learned some contractors working on the Little Caesars Arena didn't meet that 50% mark and have been hit with $2.9 million in fines. There was already a big uproar over the tax incentives that are being spent on this new arena, and now we know the builders aren't honoring the promises they made to Detroiters. Is this a bait and switch, or is there something else afoot? And why does this continue to happen in the city of Detroit. We're going to spend the rest of the show today talking about that subject. And of course, we want to hear from you. What do you think about these promises broken to Detroiters in big development projects? Do you think this is a function of contractors and developers not putting enough priority on the idea of hiring Detroiters? Or do you think, as Detroiters, we're just not getting enough of our citizens ready for the jobs that exist, qualified to be iron workers or plumbers or carpenters. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Joining me now to talk about what's happening with Little Caesars Arena is uh, Luis Aguilar. He is a reporter for the Detroit News. He covers development here in the city of Detroit. Luis, welcome to uh, Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, catch us up on what is what is really going on here. How big a deal is $2.9 million in fines for not meeting that 50% mark? How does that compare to other big development projects that we've had here in the city? Well, the truth is we don't know because the Little Caesars Arena project is the first project where the city diligently has monitored month by month uh, the payroll and the hours worked by uh, by various contractors mm-hmm. at the site. So it really is their first attempt to document uh, the issue and to take a look at the raw numbers. Uh-huh. And the numbers, as you pointed out, were not great, uh, 27% of the hours worked at the site on average are done by Detroiters, which yeah. is far lower than the 51%. That's far, that's yeah. far below 50. Uh, when you talk with developers and uh, uh, contractors, what, what, what do you hear from them about why this is so difficult? Two things. Uh, they were racked by the, the, the recent recession where 40% of the skilled trades jobs basically left. Uh, so just the talent left, uh, and uh, it is difficult to make that number up. And two, they are putting a lot of money and effort into training uh, for skilled trades, vocational training, apprenticeships, and so they are trying to catch up as soon as they can. Yeah. Uh, You believe that there are some better options for the city to be able to try to handle these deals a little better and get to that 50% uh, mark. Uh, talk about what some of those are. Well, I think coming into this, I think most uh, many city leaders realized that it was going to be difficult 
to actually reach the 51%. Mm -hmm. And so the fines, which they uh, have to pay into the fund when they don't meet the 51% mark, it goes toward training. So it was a recognition. It's a way to try to combat the issue that they knew that was going to happen. Whether it's happening fast enough, uh, that is part of the debate, whether uh, they are doing enough to reach out to uh, city residents is a longstanding debate. I mean, the recession is uh, a, a legitimate reason why uh, there aren't enough Detroiters doing work in Detroit. But if you look at the history of the construction industry, the numbers of the lack of diversity is goes way back before the recession. It's been a long-standing problem. It has. Just point blank, how much of this has to do with suburban contractors not wanting to go out of their way to hire Detroiters? How much of this has to do with historic discrimination that we have seen in uh, building trades, especially against African Americans, who, of course, make up the majority of the population here in Detroit? Depends who you ask. I think if you ask a lot of uh, people in training programs, uh, they can point to the ways that uh, unions and other skilled trade associations uh, make it very difficult for city residents. One, by having the apprenticeship classes in the suburbs. And if you're unemployed, trying to get to Ferndale or something like that is not the easiest thing to do. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, the requirements... Uh, the entrance requirements seem a bit uh, varied, I, I've been told. Uh, so that is another issue. And also uh, there seems to be an issue of if you're older and want to get into the industry, that there are more obstacles for you than if you are much younger and trying to be in, uh, get in skilled trades and apprenticeships. Sure. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Louis Aguilar. He is a reporter for the Detroit News. He covers development in Detroit. We are talking about the 50% mark that contractors were supposed to hit with uh, regard to the number of Detroit residents who were working on the Little Caesars Arena. We learned last week that they are far short of that mark and that there have been some pretty hefty fines levied against those contractors for not making that mark. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about the idea of requiring that Detroiters participate in large development projects when tax money is involved? Uh, do you think that's a good idea? Do you think maybe that's the wrong way to go about this? Uh, do you think we ought to focus more on training Detroiters, making sure they're trained and ready to take these jobs uh, when they come up and where they exist? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Charlie in Detroit. Charlie, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say as a longtime employer based in the city, um, we've traditionally had a hard time uh, – hiring city residents, even just at, you know, basic entry-level positions, much less, you know, skilled drivers, et cetera. And one of the things that's increasingly been a issue is um, our business deals with hazardous waste and all kinds of toxic materials. Um, just getting people that can pass the various background tests or checks for health and drug and criminal history 
um, has just been hard finding employees from anywhere. Um, but in particularly, for some reason, we just don't get that many applicants that are city residents. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, I, I want to ask you about those those barriers, right? Uh, why is it necessary to make sure somebody doesn't have a criminal history? When you think about the city of Detroit and the number of people who have made mistakes in their lives, who've gone and had to, to maybe serve some time, come back to the community, they need work. What's the, the reason for, for sort of screening them out? The, the issue um, isn't so much about the criminal history. We're, we're usually okay with that, unless it's maybe something super violent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more passing federal background requirements for hazardous uh, endorsements on your commercial driver's license. Huh. Those are rules we can't control, mm-hmm. and if you can't, uh, you know, pass those background checks to the satisfaction of the regs, we can't, you know, offer a position. Yeah. L- let me ask you also, Charlie, about training. I-, I have always thought that one of the major issues here is training of Detroiters. Why don't more contractors deal in the world of sort of apprenticeship? In other words, hey, we want to we want to make sure you're ready to do this job. You aren't now. But we're going to take you on and pay you, you know, maybe a, a lower wage while you learn to do these things, while you maybe get certified for some of the federal uh, certifications that you're talking about. Uh, how easy or hard is it to take that approach? Well, for us as an employer, we train all our employees. They all have to have a minimum of 40 hours of what's called hazardous waste operations uh, emergency response training. and. So we pay for that coming in the door, um, the full cost of that week's training, um, because we can't employ them without that. Um, And, you know, even still, we have a hard time finding applicants. We've had some help with some of the agencies around the city that do provide training for, say, drivers. Um, But even then, it's at a a pretty high cost Mm -hmm. and doesn't always work out. Yeah. Charlie, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Louis Aguilar of the Detroit News, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. All right. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about contractors and work here in the city of Detroit. We're going to talk with a consultant who was trying to help Detroiters find work on the Little Caesars Arena and with one of the contractors themselves. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about requirements that 50% of Detroiters participate in large construction projects that involve tax dollars. Little Caesars Arena was such a project, and we learned last week that we came up awfully short so far on that number Uh, far below 50% of the people who have been participating in the construction of the arena are Detroiters, and $2.9 million in fines have been handed out to contractors as a result. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think about those kind of requirements. Tell us what you think about the kind of training that we do in Detroit to make sure that residents are ready when big projects like this 
come along, that they're ready to take the jobs and be part of the process. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Joining me now to continue this conversation is Douglas Diggs. He's the president and CEO of the Diggs Group. He's an economic development consulting firm that was hired to help contractors find Detroiters to work on Little Caesars Arena. Also here is Damon Tools. He is president and CEO of Tools Contracting Group that's based here in Detroit, uh, has had several of the contracts on Little Caesars Arena. Uh, Doug and Damon, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you, Doug. Let's start with the. Let's start with you. Uh, it was your hope. I, I remember you and I having a conversation about this when this started, that we would get pretty close to that fifty percent number, that we would do better than we have historically uh, with Detroiter participation. Talk about why we came up short. Well, I think as has been pointed out uh, previously, one of the things that that had occurred prior to this project coming online is the skilled trades had been decimated by the recession. Sure, sure. And we knew that going into this project, and that's why um, Olympia Development engaged our firm to actually prepare, (coughs) excuse me, prepare a business and workforce plan in order to... um, kind of changed the dynamic. So we moved away from fines and we worked closely with the city and the DDA to develop a plan that would provide an incentive to contractors to provide uh, dollars as opposed to just paying the penalty. And as Damon and I talked about, just adding a penalty fee into their contract Mm -hmm. to really look at providing training and get them engaged with getting apprentices in the the trades and to provide um, supplies where, where possible in order to get them engaged in moving the ball forward as opposed to just paying the fines and everybody sitting around saying, oh, my God, we missed the number. Yeah. Um, Damon, talk about your work on Little Caesars Arena and what your experience was trying to get to 51% of of the crew being Detroiters. Well, actually, uh, I'm proud to say that we met the number. Uh Uh, We uh, did uh, performed a little bit over $36 million worth of concrete work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to meet the number. We had conversations early on when we bid the project with uh, Heritage and Little Caesars. We heard what they had to say. And it, it was a tough thing to do. I mean, no doubt the unions are decimated with skilled trades, but uh, we worked pretty hard to get there. Caesars Gonzalez, who ran our team, uh, we, we got 12 apprentices on the project. Uh, of those 12, five to six of them will become journeymen. So uh, it, it was pretty successful for us. And so w- what do you imagine that you did differently uh, that allowed you to make that number when so many others were, I mean, the average is, I think, 27% uh, Detroiters among among contractors. There's a big gap between that and 51. I agree. Uh, and I can't speak to where others failed. I can speak to where we succeeded. Um, it's not the first time that we've had to do this. We mm-hmm. did it under the bond program with the Detroit Public Schools. It's a, it's a hard effort, but the, the, the real issue is how do you create sustainable jobs? How do we get these apprentices in who become journeymen? Right. And that's where I think it's worked for us. You know, I was talking to Doug earlier. We've been able to transfer six of those pro- six of those people that were on the Little Caesars Arena to Flexingate, to Marathon. Mm-hmm. And so now we're creating some sustainable pro- jobs. Right, because right. it's not just about having a job for eight weeks or whatever it is Two that years, you're on, yeah. exactly. uh, on this project. It's about being able to, to 
go to the next project and 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 work on that. Uh, talk about Doug uh, the, the talk about the things that you were able to do with uh, employers and workforce to try to to try to make people more ready or more I guess receptive to this idea that they should be ready. Right. Well, very on, very early on um, in all of our pre bid meetings, our firm. Um, met with contractors. We were part of the bid process to make sure that people knew that Olympia truly had a commitment to these numbers and that it was not just something um, that people, you know, it was not just something we're throwing out there and we weren't going to pay attention to. We made it very clear. Everybody had to respond as part of their bid, what numbers they thought they could get. We worked closely with the skilled trades to try and identify the numbers in their unions to see where we'd come up short. Um, did a significant amount of outreach. When we involved contractors as they came on board, we involved the skilled trades. We touched over 14,000 people in a little more than 12 or 13 outreach events citywide, uh-huh. trying to get people engaged in the um, through Detroit Employment Solutions and with the skilled trades, getting people involved in the trades and, um, and some of the pre-apprenticeship programs that are out there. Uh, so there was a significant amount of outreach um, this takes time. We've had some great success stories. Damon has, um, has, has been successful. But some of the trades, you know, what we're seeing is really we have to have a structural change. And you mm-hmm. see the mayor and the administration right now uh, re- putting re-emphasis on Randolph Academy. We have to get our students the training. Um, you know, when you early talk to on. early on, high school, get them to understand that this is a great sustainable career in the trades. But we have to provide them the tools. Yeah. It's, it's us. It's, you know, the teachers. It's Detroit Public Schools that have to provide the math skills so that somebody can be an, an electrician yeah. or a plumber. Yeah. Uh, when, when you say Olympia was really committed to this, I think that falls on a lot of people's ears quite skeptically. Uh, people believe that uh, this was lip service. People believe that they just needed their arena built and – the participation level of Detroiters is sort of a side issue, a distraction uh, that, of course, connects to the historic um, uh, discrimination that that people in the city face because uh, most of them are African American. Uh, talk about how you how you answer that. So, I mean, I can say first with firsthand knowledge because I was in the room when the decision was made when we when Olympia received the bond financing. One of the first things that the Illich team said is who's going to make sure that Detroit minorities and women are involved in the construction of this arena? How do we make sure it's Detroit-built, Michigan-made? That's when my firm was engaged to meet with the DDA to start to put together a business and workforce plan. As I said, we've done extensive outreach. We spend a lot of time. I mean, we spend a lot of time with our contractors, with the trades, working side by side to try and get people engaged. We have over 600 um, apprentices that are on the site. We've provided a significant amount of funding to training programs. Our contractors have uh, provided supplies to various training programs to make sure that Detroit residents are engaged. It's, It's, you know... It's building a village mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and trying yeah. to make sure it takes, that it, takes a while, it, it right. takes a while. Yeah. And we knew early on that while Little Caesars Arena won't see all of the benefit of this increased focus on training and the skilled trains, we're beginning to see 
as Damon said, Down people starting to roll on to new projects. There are a lot of other projects, including um, the Little Caesar Global Resource Center, Mike Illich School of Business, where we're beginning to see the benefits of these um, apprentices moving through our project, one project, onto the and next onto one. And onto right. the next one. Yeah, go ahead, Damon. Well, I, I, I think back to the point about Little Caesars Arena, it's one project and many between Midtown and Downtown. And so we've got to expand the conversation to all of these other large projects that are going, that are going on. Yeah. There's uh, uh, quite a few trade people working in downtown Detroit and Midtown, and we need to make sure that the same thing is happening on those projects. Yeah. Now let's go to the phones here. Uh, Aaron in Detroit. Aaron, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning. Go ahead, Aaron. So uh, first thing I'd like to say is uh, with contracts this large, multi-million dollar contracts, uh, it seems that the construction companies that, that even bid for these contracts would prepare more for uh, uh the diversity that's necessary for them to fulfill the contract. I heard somebody say that uh, uh, we thought that Olympia was sincere when they did the lip service, but if they had been sincere, they would have been working with companies like Tools and uh, some of the other minority companies uh, immediately upon getting the contract to try to fulfill what we know is really a minority percentage contract. But when we say Detroiters, we're really talking about to make sure you have enough diversity and, and race on on your workforce to make it justified that you're taking something from the citizenry uh, by even allowing this to be built. So you're compensating us by allowing us to be a part of the building. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like it would be more effort. I don't think the fines are enough to change uh, a systemic uh, racist uh, uh, behavior in, in, in certain uh, practices like construction companies and some of the other uh, large uh, entities that, that have been, you know, uh, systematically racist for, for decades and even longer than that. It's going to take more than just a little effort. Maybe these uh, 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 people who are granting these contracts need to start doing things like maybe they should have came to the minority contractors in the city and asked them who would they recommend would get the major contract and then maybe, you know, like coming to uh, Mr. Tools or or some of the other uh, uh, large minority contractors in the city and ask their recommendation of who they should assign these contracts to and maybe it wouldn't be so much problems after the fact. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, uh, those are great points. I'm glad you called and made them. I want to give my guests a chance to uh, respond uh, to that. I appreciate the comment, Aaron. And, uh, I think Little Caesars and Heritage did come to the minority contractors and talk to us about how we could get engaged and how we could develop programs to enhance uh, the workforce. But it's, it's, it's a larger conversation, as, as Doug said. You know, it's the schools, it's the mayor, it's uh, uh, the, the, vocational, the vocational part of the schools. When I was in school, we had shop, we had metal shop. Those things aren't there anymore, and it's a reinvestment in that. When you look at the, the union-skilled trades, it's a, it's a very good living. Uh, DTE, for example, is going to lose 38% of its skilled trades workforce. Wayne County Community College needs to be engaged as well as Detroit Public Schools in the city of Detroit. Making sure that Detroiters are in line to, to replace them there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Carlton in Detroit. Carlton, welcome to Detroit today. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, well, I called because uh, in the situation of uh, I've uh, been back in Detroit. I'm an original resident. I've been back in Detroit for about six years. Uh, so I left about 20 years ago and I got into the trades and learned my trade in different states. 
uh, where the work was, I came back to Detroit because um, my family was here and the whatnot. And um, uh, I'm just trying to sum it up real quick. Anyway, yeah. I've we gotta get to a, the, uh, we gotta get to a question here yep, quickly, Carl. Yeah, yep, yep. So the thing is, is I've been told uh, by local other um, bigger companies, I've been interviewed, been taken into the bedrock building and the whatnot. And uh, apparently, like, I'm too small, my company's too small to be involved in any of these projects. But we talked about the fines, and that's what I'm getting to. Mm -hmm. And with one of the architects, she had asked me, well, what do you think they do with the fines? Because, of course, they get fined as well. And we both said at the same time that, well, where does the fine money go? And did the fine money be used for training centers in Detroit? Right. Well, uh, yeah, go, uh, go ahead. Go the, ahead, Doug. Yeah, the, the mayor just announced, I believe it was last week, that the fines um, will go to fund uh, Randolph Academy, which or Randolph Votech, which is part of the Detroit Public Schools uh-huh. and will be used for training for the skilled trades. Right. So, so one question, though, is why don't we do that up front? In other words, why don't we not wait until – they don't hit the numbers to, to do the fines to, to fund that. Why don't we find a way to fund that stuff through contractors up, up front? Well, I think that, you know, in this case, um, you have the beginnings of, of that forward activity happening because this was a project, truly a catalyst project, whether it's development in the city, economic impact, 60% of the contracts went to Detroit businesses, but these assessments that have been levied, that $2.9 million, is now being used by the administration to go towards training. Okay. And you'll see those dollars start to impact. It may not be this year, next year. It, it'll be the next 10 it's or 12 projects that you'll see yeah. people coming on. Right. And the key, you know, as Damon said, the key is sustainability. Right. You don't want – what we did not want when we wrote the business and workforce plan was that – we brought in a lot of apprentices, and you just use them on that project, and then the right. next project they're gone. You want to keep it, keep it going. All right. Uh, Doug Diggs, president and CEO of the Diggs Group. Uh, Damon Tools, president and CEO of Tools Contracting Group here in Detroit. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. That's going to do it for me today. I hope you'll be back tomorrow because I will. Uh, this is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.